In today's video, I'm going to answer a question that I'm getting asked a lot lately, and that is about this movement towards a cashless society and the, the banning of this stuff here, the banning of cash, uh, where apparently it's going to be made illegal very soon. Now, we use that word loosely, I mean, move all this off the desk, but we use that word very loosely when I say soon, because it is looking at years yet, it's not months away, like a lot of people I keep seeing, saying, you know, by the end of this year, cash is going to be absolutely banned and it's going to be illegal and, and the like. Well, let's get into that now then. Let me show you some stuff on the shared screen. I want to show you some articles. I want to show you some stuff that's being proposed. This isn't just in uh, politics, but it's also outside of politics. We have organizations. We have some of these large global uh, three-letter organizations which are pushing for it and putting out policy on actually how to move away from cash and towards these central bank digital currencies, which you've heard a lot. And it's very laughable to me when I hear all the, the reasons why cash should be made illegal and why it should be banned and uh, as quickly as possible and why countries should be pushing ahead even quicker with these CBDCs, which again stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. Well, actually, 90% of countries are actually in development of these CBDCs already. So how much faster you can get than 90% in development with some countries, mainly in the Caribbean, already have published and are live with them, I'm not really sure. But I've listened to a lot of these speeches about it and all these policies and papers and some of the stuff is crazy. They're, you know, they're saying only criminals these days really use cash. Well, that's ridiculous. Most people who are 60 and older like cash. Uh, they say it's money launderers and drug dealers and the oldest profession in the world and terrorists and uh, it spreads diseases that kill lots of people. And of course, they said about COVID, which has now been debunked, where they said that cash was what was spreading COVID. And that resulted in about 40% less cash usage, which has never returned. So I do just want to take you through the spectrum here and give you sort of an overview. And again, we are going to go to the shared screen and look at some very interesting things that are in development. Uh, we'll focus on a couple of different countries here. But I want to just give you this spectrum as to how this could be positive, which I don't really think it is going to be positive, right through to how it can be very, very negative and could actually result in complete enslavement, not just of, you know, local areas or countries, but even globally, if we had some sort of major catastrophic event and the finance sectors globally just had a meltdown, which would then go to something like the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, uh, the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, you know, some of, or, or the World Bank, something like this, one of these global institutions getting a handle on it once they'd already been developed on a country by country basis and people had gotten used to them. So what are some of those concerns then? Well, if you think about what happened recently, where say the, the truckers protest in Canada and how those people, or even some people that donated as little as $10, had their accounts frozen or closed out. Well, that's one way that this could be very negative because if you think right now, people are able to use cash, like for, and this actually happened to me, as many of you know, my two bank, well, two of my bank accounts, because I have about 15 bank accounts, uh, two of them were closed down. With it, and if you remember that video, and I 
did an undercover recording and uh, with everything with the bank and they closed my accounts. Now, I get asked this question a lot, was that resolved? And the answer is after a long, long time, it has finally been resolved. I had to go to the highest levels of, of government to get that resolved, but I did get some of that money back, not all, probably 60, 70% of it was taken up in court costs and all sorts of other things. But this is the sort of things that can happen when all of your, your money, uh, and we use the word money usually because it's currency, it's a fiat currency, is in a bank account, in the banking system. Now you think you haven't got any cash at all, you haven't got anything uh, for barter. And this is one thing, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, well, we might go back to a barter system and we're gonna use silver and gold. Well, it's unlikely that you're gonna use gold because an ounce like that, look how small it is. That's a couple thousand dollars right there. But something like this, this is a, a lot lower cost. Um, again, it varies anywhere from 30 to 40 to $50, depending on how we're doing in the silver market. But yeah, something like that could be used as, as a barter system in the future for people who live in more rurally versus people who are living in the cities, in the smart cities with the smart grids and all of this sort of control that will be enacted. But if you look at what happened in China, if you remember uh, when I covered that video of China and how they were using those digital passes and it was either a red or a green and people were going to, I think it was Henan province because the bank wasn't giving them their money. They just completely locked all their accounts down. And what actually happened, the Chinese have the digital pass. So they were traveling to protest and all these passes were green around the country, people as they traveled in, what happened, it went red. So they used it to stop, and this, in fact, let me show you this shared screen here because I know people are gonna say, no, they didn't. So here it was, China bank protests stopped by health codes turning red, depositors say. Now, if we jump over to the next article, this was the one I covered back in June, China's bank run victims planned to protest, then their COVID health codes turned red. I did this whole video about it and this was their codes and it, it was green. As soon as they tried to protest it, it went red and they got quarantined or they had the option of being quarantined or going home. And this is another thing that is quite worrying because if you think right now we have commercial banks and then we have a central bank. So the central bank is not government controlled, even though they try and make it out that it is, it's completely independent of the government. Uh, say the Federal Reserve private bank, it's not federal and it's not a reserve either. It's owned by shareholders. Who are the shareholders? We're not entirely sure, but we've got a good idea. You have say the Bank of England, which is linked to the government, but it has its independence. Although Liz Truss, if she becomes prime minister, has said she wants to remove some of that independence and have some leeway and control of interest rates. Now, of course, they're talking about growth and how they're gonna grow the economy. Well, I think it's pretty obvious what they would do if she got that power. She's gonna pull the interest rates back down. Inflation would run rampant. You'd see 20% inflation if they drop the interest rates by, uh, right down uh, with a QE program, which is, I think, what they would want to do. But then you look at the other side of this, the darker side. Well, if you have a central bank digital currency, and you, as the central bank, are interacting only with your customers, who are the customers, it's all the citizens, you don't need commercial banks anymore. And in fact, it would be quite easy to eliminate all of those commercial banks because you could start putting interest rates negative. There's, I mean, there's a dozen things you could do. You start putting interest rates very negative. All those commercial banks that have deposits with the central bank, 
they would be purging money. So they'd be trying to loan it out. And, and then all this new legislation, which we've already talked about, ESG, uh, all the mandates that are coming in. And again, they've already started. They're putting these mandates in saying, uh, and we just saw one. Let me just show you this article. This one's all about Australia and it's already started, you see. Banks won't offer loans for gas or diesel cars beyond 2025. Here's another article about it. And this just came out a couple of days ago. So they're going to be stopping petrol and diesel car loans. And it isn't just Australia. We're going to see this right across the banking network, right across the, the modernized world. And then when you start linking this into these credit scores, which I know I'm still way ahead of my time with these forecasts. I think we're years and years out from this yet. But I was right on the carbon stuff. If you remember the carbon that I talked about a couple years back now, two and a half years back, I was correct on that. We, we are moving now into this carbon score. And you only need to look at banking and investments and you'll see this ESG score on it. Or they call it the ESG risk score because no one was taking it seriously, but they added the word risk and now it's, um, you know, it's being taken seriously. They also add the controversial rating. So how controversial a company is if they're not following the score. So we're seeing all of this coming in. So what does this mean for you? Which is, I guess, what you really want to know. Well, just like what happens with the truckers protests and we've seen in China and other places, what makes you think in your country that something like this wouldn't happen to you? What if you're saying the wrong things on social media and you're watching the wrong content and you do have some sort of a social score and you keep getting pinged and then something else comes in? Like what, what, what are we talking about with food supply and meat and bugs and, you know, all, all this sort of stuff? What if you, in terms of your carbon allowance, which we know is going to come in, we don't know exactly when, but what if you are going over your carbon allowance? What if you're eating too much meat or you're doing too much travel? Or like I mentioned with electric vehicles yesterday, people did not like that comment, but alas. Uh, what if you have an electric vehicle and you're only permitted to travel so far? People don't realize the freedom that you get with a gas, a gasoline car, a diesel car, petrol car. You can travel wherever you want. You can go anywhere in the country. You can drive. You can drive anywhere. But with an electric vehicle, which will be a smart vehicle, what if things come in in the future and you're not following those those rules? And if you're wondering where all of this is coming from, look no further than the WEF. As usual, central bank digital currency policymaker toolkit. So they're actually creating these toolkits, Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, January of 2020. In fact, before we just go through all of this, let me just show you this. So this video, you remember, this was instantly banned, but it did get 800 and whatever thousand views beforehand, premiered 12th of September 2020. So almost two years ago, we'll just listen to what I said here. And there's also a risk of greater inflation in the near future as a result of the new stimulus. The World Economic Forum, they also discussed the stimulus and they talk about figures such as 10 to 11 trillion in US dollars of new stimulus. So even a couple of years ago, I was talking about all of these things and how we'd have this rampant inflation now. And it was as if I was a madman for talking about high levels of inflation we're having today. And uh, yet here we are. But this toolkit is very, very interesting. It is huge as well. If you want to have a read of this, they also have this governance consortium white paper series, which is huge. It is absolutely enormous. They have thought of everything. How many pages? This is 200 
and eight pages. That's how big this thing is. And then we have all of the white paper series. So there are a lot of them in here. And they even have a reading guide here. So you can see all these different white papers. And then going back to the other document, they have all of these flow charts as well. There's loads of these flow charts in here and how it can all come about, a hybrid, a retail. It's, uh, it's quite interesting if that's an appropriate word. But also, you've got to look at it on a country-by-country -country basis. This is the Federal Reserve of Bank of Boston and Project Hamilton. Look into this. It's going to take too long to cover all of this on this video, but look into Project Hamilton. Look into the Digital Dollar Project. This is all going on right now. It is going very, very quickly. And then another thing for you to look into is this one. This was Executive Order 14067, which pretty much kills cash in the near future. And this was passed very, very stealthily. It was very, very quiet that this was passed, but it's all about the development of digital assets. In other words, a central bank digital currency or a digital dollar. Now you might ask them, well, how many countries are actually doing this right now? Well, pretty much 90% of the, of the world's countries are doing this. And you can see from some of these infographics where different countries are. So you can see the Bahamas, they've launched already. Theirs is called the sand dollar. Cambodia also, a couple of other Caribbean countries. And then implementation phase, you can see how this wave is moving through actually from 2 to 1935-32. So it's only a matter of time before all of these launch. And Sweden here is predicted to be cashless by 2030. Now, if you remember what I was talking about with Sweden, <laughs> that video, oh goodness me, people did not like that. Where I was talking about the chips that all of these young people in Sweden have been putting under their hand, was it their right? Or I don't even know which hand it was. I think it was their right hand. And then you've got all of the Elon Musk Neuralink inputting chips into the head and all this now. People did not like that video. Uh, that was shadow banned very, very quickly for talking about certain correlations there. But we're seeing all this really weird stuff. And uh, I just saw an article the other day, some guy put a chip in his hand or something for his Tesla car and whatever else. We're seeing some pretty weird stuff. Uh, let me just say that. I'm not interested in any chips myself. For those of you who are more forward thinking, uh, knock yourself out. Go, go ahead and enjoy. But for me, I'm going to stick to what I like best. I, I, I like cash. I enjoy using cash. If I'm going out and buying a coffee or something small, I'm going to use cash. I'm not going to use my my card and things for things like that. Now, you might have seen this article doing the rounds this week. It was just a couple of days ago. Cash has just five years left, warns ATM boss. Since the beginning of the pandemic, cash use is down by 40% and is still falling. Yeah, because a lot of people believe that cash is the reason for the spread of COVID and, and all these other diseases. Now they're saying it's monkeypox. <laughs> How could monkeypox be spread by cash? Oh gosh, let's not even go there. We also had this article just came out. Britain is becoming a cashless society against the public's will. A major new study has found after the pandemic accelerated the switch to card and digital payments. Yeah, and it's not surprising to me at all. People still think this is some sort of conspiracy that they're deliberately trying to do this. It's not. They are deliberately trying to do this. They want a digital currency because it gives more control. Around 10 million people or one in five adults would struggle to manage in a society without cash. 
Yeah, and I agree with that. It's the older generation, so 65 and over, so they're pensioners that just would not be able to cope. Now, of course, a lot of people can, a lot of you watching here that are over that age say, well, I could, yeah, but a lot of people can't. They're just not very tech savvy. Meanwhile, banks use COVID as an opportunity to accelerate their branch closure programs. Last summer, 99 branches closed their doors on average every month. That is huge in such a small country as the United Kingdom. Call it 100 branches a month, 1,200 in a year. That is enormous. But let's see what happened when India went for this. In 2016, India's Prime Minister announced that the country's two most common banknotes, which actually accounted for 86% of the currency in circulation, would be banned. I mean, that's crazy. That was only six years ago. But a year later, the demonetization made waves in the Indian economy. And the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy estimated that 1.5 million jobs were lost in the first four months because of the ban. According to a Bloomberg report, ah, here we go, small and medium businesses in the country, which depended largely on cash transactions, took the brunt of the impact. So in essence then, do I think a central bank digital currency is a good thing? Absolutely not. You would have to be crazy to think that it's a good thing. After everything that we've seen over the last couple of years, regardless of your views, let's not even go into that, but regardless of your views, you cannot say if you are a rational human being with a, well, with a brain, you cannot say that closing people's accounts just because they donated $10 to a trucker's campaign or, or they protested or things like that, you cannot say that that is fair and right in a democratic society. So if you think what's happened here and just with a couple of these examples, what do you think would happen if we had some sort of a more nefarious um, governance or gover governing policies over us where you didn't have all these different banks that you can jump between, where you didn't have options with uh, cash and, and things like that? and all of your income had to go into a central bank bank account there where then you were able to dip in and out of it. Well, what do you think would happen if you said the wrong things or they suspected you of doing something that you haven't really done or maybe what you did is fine but they don't like that? They could lock you out of your funds. So this is a serious topic. People make a joke about it and they laugh when I talk about these things. But this is serious and, and I think everyone should take it seriously. That's why I have things like, you know, silver coins. I know it might seem ridiculous at this point, but you just never know what might happen in the future. Remember my ethos, prepare for the worst, but simply hope for the best. And I think that's the best thing we can do. What is the worst case scenario if I'm keeping, you know, cash and stuff like that and none of this happens? So overall, I do think there is a possibility of cash being made illegal in the future? This is the question I get asked a lot. And how to mitigate against this? Well, I think that's something we'll have to cover in future videos here, but in the short term, having some cash, don't just leave all your money in one bank account. That's, that's crazy because anything could happen. The, the bank could have a problem just like we've seen over and over again. Even 2008, it happened. 2013, well, 2008 in the UK, 2013, we saw bail-ins. People couldn't even access their bank accounts. We have seen this over and over again. We've now seen it in modern day in China. Don't just leave this to chance. Take this seriously. And that's all I'll say on it today. I'll see you tomorrow. I almost forgot to say, take care.
God bless.